As some of you might know, Agatha and I are not real Germans. We come from a Russian-German culture and from a Russian-German church. That's where we grew up. And a few years ago, maybe four to five years ago, we had some serious problems in our church, mostly connected to our culture and to traditional issues. I really love and respect my former elders, but the way that the way they dealt with the problems and tension at that time was not very helpful. It was divisive. Because rather than keeping, trying to keep the church together, they wanted to take the easier way and just split the church to avoid challenges and conflicts. And so they did. Most of the leaders and even our own parents left the church, and it was a hard and very painful time for us. About 2,000 years ago, the church in Corinth was in a very similar situation. Corinth was a major port city at that time, kind of the Dubai of our days, a cultural, political, and economical center. And the Apostle Paul one day came there as a missionary and preached the gospel. And people came to faith, Jews and Gentiles, and the church was established. Paul stayed for one and a half years, and after his leaving, the church got into many troubles and problems. And one of the main issues were arrogance, disunity, and separation within the church. Because church members started treating each other in unloving and divisive ways. And instead of holding together in unity, parties came up in the church and started fighting, fighting against each other, each other. And while taking a closer look now, the next few minutes, what happened in Corinth, I have only one main point for us because it's late already. So only one main point for tonight. And this main point is the church is God's temple. And if God's spirit dwells in you, you are part of it. The church is God's temple. And if God's spirit dwells in you, you are part of it. So the young church in Corinth faced many different problems at one point. And one day Paul heard about these problems and struggles, and in response to that, he wrote, to, he wrote his first letter to the Corinthians. And in his letter, he addressed all the issues that were happening in, in Corinth. But he addressed the problems in the church in a very different way than my elders did a few years ago. Let's read what he said to them. You can open the Bible or read um, the front page of the bulletin. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16 and 17. Where God through Paul says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So after describing and addressing the problems of division, jealousy, and strife in the beginning of chapter 3, Paul asks this important question. Do you not know that you are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you? But what did he mean by that? Who is God's temple? And where does God's spirit dwell? And to fully understand that, we have to go back briefly to the Old Testament. Long after the fall in Genesis 3... God told his people to build a temple for him, a place where they would be able to encounter with him. And then King Solomon, the son of David, was the first king who built this first temple for God, a huge, impressive house where God's glory and presence would dwell visibly. And in fact, after completing this building, God's glory did enter the temple. 
and fill the rooms. The great I am, the creator of the world, the ruler of the universe, came down and dwelt in the midst of sinful people. The temple really was a big deal. In this temple, through sacrifices and priests and many other restrictions and rules, sinful people get, uh, could get in contact with God. But as we know, this temple get des got destroyed by the Babylonians a few hundred years later. After that, a new temple was born. I think the woman Bible study uh, is reading about that in Nehemiah. But even this new temple was not even nearly as glorious as the first one. And it becomes pretty clear when we are reading the Old Testament, God would not dwell in a house made by human hands. The God who created everything did not need a house or a place to dwell in. Or as Isaiah says in chapter 66, heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. So we see the actual building in the Old Testament, the temple, was just a sign of something else to come. Something bigger, much, much bigger. It all pointed to Jesus, the Son of God, who said about, him, about himself that he is the true temple. Jesus is the true temple, as Josh has mentioned this morning. But not only that, because back in our passage in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul makes clear, you are God's temple too. And by you, he meant the church in Corinth. He was speaking about the local church in Corinth, the body of believers, the body of Christ. Can you imagine how that must have been for the Christians in Corinth? They knew a lot about the temple in the Old Testament. They knew about all the laws and ceremonies that needed to take place in order for someone to enter the holy part of the temple. They knew that God's demand was holiness and perfection. And then they heard Paul saying to their church, a church full of sin and separation, you are the temple of God. That must have been shocking for them. Imagine I would say to you, do you not know that you are all immortal robots and that the smartest softwares of all times dwells in you? It sounds strange, right? It's a ridiculous comparison. But I'm sure it was also very strange for the Christians in Corinth when Paul said to them, do you not know that you are God's temple? However strange it may sound, Paul makes clear, God does not dwell in a house made by people, but he dwells in people and makes them his house. God does not dwell in a house made by people. He lives in people and makes them his house. And that was his plan from the very beginning. Since the fall in Genesis 3, God was planning to send his son, Jesus Christ, who is the true temple, so that everyone who believes in him can become a part of this temple. So who is the temple? The church. And who is the church? Verse 16, the people in whom God's spirit dwells. And so being God's temple and being indwelled by the Holy Spirit should not and cannot be separated. If the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you, you are God's, you are part of God's new temple. If he does not dwell in you, you are not part of God's temple. By and through his spirit, God dwells in his church and therefore in our church here in Iraq. Many people don't know it, 
But there is a glorious temple here in Iraq. And this temple is sitting here. It's you and me. Everyone who committed and entrusted his life to Jesus Christ, who is the foundation of this new temple. But Paul goes further and explains at the end of verse 17, God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So if we are God's temple, it also means we are holy. And holy means blameless, perfect, pure. But it also means being set apart. And so God's temple, his church, is set apart, separated from the world. We all are set apart. Why? To display God's glory and his character, his beauty and his glory. Church is therefore not about you and me. It's not about our well-being and comfort. It's not about what you or I think. It's about God and his glory. It's about showing the world who God is and how God is. Have you ever thought about these things? Can you and do you imagine the weightiness of the fact that you and I are actual parts of God's temple? Set apart by and for him. Take a few seconds to think about it. Back to the situation in Corinth. So how did, deal, how did Paul deal with all the problems, sins, and challenges in this church? Well, he did not say, try harder, keep pushing, you need to be more severe. Instead of that, he reminded them of their identity in Christ. He told them who they are. You are God's temple. But he also warned them because he knew that there were bad and evil people in the church. And he made clear, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. And we all know that no one can destroy God's temple. Jesus himself said that. But people can harm and hurt the church. And that's what happened in Corinth. That's, that's what happened in my church. People were causing fights and disunity, and thereby they destroyed and defied God's temple. And God makes clear I will destroy the people who destroy my temple. Why? Because he loves and cares for his church. Well, but how do you know? The most crucial question is, how do you know if you are part of God's temple? And I have mentioned it, I have mentioned it already briefly. To be part of God's temple, the Holy Spirit of God must dwell in you. Because this is what makes a bunch of normal people a church. This is why the Minal Arab Football Club is not a church. Because it's not about a group of people, but about the Holy Spirit dwelling in the midst of people. And from the outside, a church can look very much like any other club organization. Just a bunch of people meeting regularly. But what makes the big difference is not the gathering of people or the place where they gather, but it's the Holy Spirit. And God the Holy Spirit does not dwell in a football club. He does not dwell in a restaurant and he does not dwell in a mosque. He dwells in people who believe in Jesus Christ as their savior. And he unites these people to him and to one another. He makes ordinary people part of his extraordinary temple. 
And the question that you have to ask of yourself, therefore, is, do I believe in Jesus Christ and do I follow and obey him? So in these two verses, Paul made clear that church is God's temple. And if you are part of it, God's spirit dwells in you. And if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. Let me now show three applications of how these truths can and should affect our lives as individuals and as church here in Rasakaima. The first one is spend much time in the temple. Spend much time in the temple. As I've read, God has called us to be holy and different from the world in our works and deeds, but especially also in our mind and in our thoughts. And honestly, it is worrying for, me, for myself to see how quickly and easily I and we get affected by the mindset of the world. Trying to be progressive or relevant, striving to get the recognition of non-Christians. But God has intentionally separated us from the world. He wants us to be different. We have to be different from the world. Because we are God's holy, God-set-apart temple. And therefore, don't live your daily life by yourself. Spend much time in the temple with God's people. Enjoy the company with fellow brothers and sisters. If you want to be close to God, be close to his people. And this will help you growing in holiness and in Christ-likeness. So first, spend much time in the temple. Secondly, reach out beyond your peer group. I talked to a friend from Dubai a few weeks ago, and he used to live in Alain before. He was a Muslim before he came to faith, and now is a uh, member in a church in Dubai. And he told me how hard it is for him to be a Christian in Dubai. And I was surprised. I asked, why is that, why is that hard, being a Christian in Dubai? And he said, well, Dubai is so busy, and people don't have much time. Most people care more about money than about their brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's so hard to reach out to people from the church and spend time with them because they're so busy. And he said, because of that, honestly, I tend to lean back and go the easy way. Just spending way with people who are like me, who like the same football club, who have the same hobbies, because that's the easier way. It really sucked me when he, to when he told me about this situation. And I think it's so true. The church is God's temple because of God's indwelling spirit and not because people are similar. Not because we have so many things in common. That's the case in any, in any other group or club. In a football club, the people who join the club have football in common. In a dance club, people have dancing in common. In a peer group, people share the same interests and are friends. They have a lot in common. That's why they're friends. But the church is different. It's not the same interests or things that we have in common that unites us. It's the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus Christ that makes us one. And therefore, as a young, white guy from Germany who loves coffee and has the Holy Spirit, I have more in common with a black old lady from Cameroon who does not like coffee but has the Holy Spirit than with a young German who does not have the Holy Spirit. I think you get what I mean, right? <laughs> Sounded complicated. But as members of the church, we all have more in common 
than with any other people who don't have the Holy Spirit. And because this is the case, I really want to encourage you, try to make friends with people in this room. Try to get to know people better who don't belong to your peer group. Care for people in this church who are on the edges. And maybe look around right now and see whom you could meet this week. Someone who's maybe not your age, who has not the same interests, who's not from the same country, but who has the same Holy Spirit. Reach out beyond your peer groups. And last, just be encouraged. When I look into this room and when I think about our church, there is so much evidence of Templeness. I don't know if this word exists. But there's so much evidence and so much proof of God's dwelling among us. I can actually see the Holy Spirit dwelling and working in you. I see your love and your care for each other. I see your striving for holiness and godliness and your desire to grow. And I see how young and older people are welcoming and receiving correction and discipleship in their lives. This is so encouraging to me, and I personally consider it a privilege to be part of this beautiful temple. Let me close. Every church is imperfect. Even the church in Corinth, Paul made that clear in chapter 3, 1 to 3. He says, brothers, you are in the flesh. He knew that they are imperfect. Our church in Germany was imperfect. There was division and disunity. And our church here in Iraq is imperfect but all these churches are still God's temple so let us be encouraged God still builds his temple until one day the last stone will be laid and we all will be joined and united with all the other parts of the temple in God's presence forever <laughs>